Warning, the following episode features numerous spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion advised. Today's episode, we watched 2006's Miami Vice and 1992's Tetsuo the Iron Man. So brush up on your salsa dancing and mushy mushy. Enjoy the show. Yo guys, welcome back to another edition of the Movies from A to B podcast, better known as the MFAB podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. Yeah, you're Gavin. <laughs> Think about that for a yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we got a decent show for you today. We, we got a show. We got a show. Yeah, no, this is gonna be a good show. This should be a very good one. Right. Um, first up for you today is 2006's Miami Vice, written and directed by Michael Mann, starring Colin Farrell, Jamie Foxx, and Gong Lee, who now goes by Lee Gong. Uh, were they just like? credited as Gong Li? Yeah. Uh, well, no, she used to go by that, and she switched her name around for some reason. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I'm going to do but, that eventually, I guess. You know, so, that's, yeah. That's a thing. Um, anybody who doesn't know, this is obviously a remake-type deal, reboot of the TV show from the 80s of the same name that Michael Mann also wrote for. Yeah. Um, so, so let's kind of jump right into it here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have some interesting things to say about it. Yeah, you're going to have to feed me through most of this because uh, <laughs> i got to yeah. be honest, watching this literally melted some of my brain. Yeah, it's just it's a hard to follow. It's very confusing, to say the least. So the movie starts off with a speedboat race through... Go-boat. Go-boats. I believe they call them go-boats. Okay. Well, they're fast boats, and it's just... The opening credits following these boats around. Um, some nice shots, honestly. Good aerial. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Expensive, I'm sure. There was a... This is a, the one of the few things I really loved about this movie was this uh, 80s guitar riffs playing in the yeah, background. <laughs> they did pay a little bit of homage to the the old show with some, some of the music there, yeah. too. Which, which, honestly, I could have had them do the whole soundtrack with this in it, but it just didn't it, it Yeah, it, it, I don't think it would have fit entirely with the movie but who knows i would have knocked this up a few more points if it okay. <laughs> yeah anything to just keep you awake half the time during this movie yeah. but the reason is to go to an after party uh we meet detectives ricardo tubbs and sonny crockett tubbs by, and crockett tubbs will be played by jamie fox crockett played by colin farrell um, they're kind of listening to a convers- conversation, get a tip on a club. Um, there's a stakeout. They're in. They're kind of have a crew, a couple other people. They're in this club, kind of keeping an eye on things, and they see there's like a like human trafficking type prostitution deal going down. Yeah, this uh, one guy wants three chicks for a party. Yeah, essentially, he's like, um, yeah, I'll take all three of them, bring them to the after party. Yeah, we'll yeah. do it. This entire time. Tubbs, Jimmy Fox, looks like he lost his puppy. As he's watching these girls get exchanged, his eyes are just filled with sadness, and he's like, oh, no, don't do that. What would your daddy think? No. It's just... You're pretty you kind of laugh. I couldn't help but laugh a little. Just the look on his face was not, not, the, not the right look for that moment. During this time... Sonny tries chasing down one of these bad guys, and he gets a call from this guy named Alonzo, super distraught. He's like, yeah, freaking out. Freaking out. So he ends up losing this guy he's chasing as they go and try and find Alonzo. He tells him about how there's this big deal, and people know about cops' involvement and stuff. He didn't stuff. sell them out. He didn't sell Crockett and No, he didn't sell them out, but he sold everybody else knows yeah. who's in. Um, and these people knew they killed Alonzo's family. Well, he didn't know that. He was like, I gotta get. He didn't know that. Go. When Sonny and Rico catch him up with him on the freeway because yeah. they have a super fast car, and they kind of tell him his wife's dead, and right there he's like, "Fuck it, done, done." Just <laughs> walks right in front of a semi. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's always it's always amusing to see that in a movie. Kind of catches you off guard, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, dear God. All right. <laughs> and staying on the fucking highway. <laughs> so at this point, they find out there's a mole. Um, and Rico and Sonny get recruited to help these drug smugglers, to help find these drug smugglers, because these smugglers don't know who Rico and Sonny are. Did we, uh, pass the point of the drug deal? There's a drug deal where, uh, 
I think the Nazis and some Russian guys. Yeah, it was when they found out in Alonzo's place, right? I thought. Yeah. There was a Nazi, yeah. I put Nazi in the house. Well, there was a Nazi in the house, but then there was a drug deal that went down between, like, Oh, there's no. There's Pretty sure there are neo Nazis and like Russian dudes yeah. who ended up being like FBI agents or whatever. Yeah, Rico and Sonny steal shitload of coke from them. Okay, yeah, but in that scene where that drug deal is going down, that's where that dummy shot that I was talking about. Okay. There's a really cool shot where they're in the car and they're like, "How much? How long have you been FBI?" And they just start blasting at this car. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that now. And they got shot from inside the car, right, and I see like the right. dummy just being blown apart. Yeah, they have fucking snipers on the roofs and shit. Yeah. Because they don't trust anybody. Which they comes into play later, the yeah. snipers. But anyways, Rico and Sonny end up stealing a shitload of coke. And they destroy these boats. Um, and they call their contact Nicholas. So he can tell them more about these dealers and how they can get in with these dealers. Because like we said, out of all the FBI, DEA agents, they're the only two that these dealers don't know about. Yeah. So, well, they weren't FBI agents or DEA. Well, they're just, you know, they're obviously Vice Squad for yeah. Miami, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then uh, we kind of meet Jamie Foxx's wife, girlfriend-ish thing. Oh, right before this, I had written down uh, six hours into the movie, and it's only been 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. This movie just fucking drags. It, it literally... I don't, I don't even know how else to put it. It melted yeah. my fucking brain. Oh, it <laughs> drags, dude. It drags. But yeah, um, we meet Jimmy Fox's girlfriend, wife, whatever. Um, there's a nice shower scene there. You know, a little nudity action. Kind of some ass and titties in the shower. Kind of wake your ass back up from this drab movie that's happening. We see a flash drive getting exchanged in Central America after this, and it contains Sonny and Rico's IDs, but they're fake IDs. They got different names. Yeah. They still go by Sonny and Rico. They're just, their last names are changed. Yeah, they're changed Tubbs and Crockett to like, I don't know, something. Banderas and (laughs) who knows. (laughs) But they, this guy that's checking out, we find out his name's Jose. He's like kind of the leader of these, this cartel, I guess. So Sonny and Rico go to Haiti to meet with this guy. Right at the beginning of this meeting, uh, Sonny quickly accuses this Jose guy of being a cop. Oh, this is where we're at? I cannot okay. take him serious in this scene. He's just sitting there, like, all crouched to the side, just bug-eyed, staring at him, like, I'm gonna get you, motherfucker, and I, you can't take him seriously. He's like, you a cop? You a cop, huh? And he's like, oh, God, baby, you're gonna fuck this up. See, at this point in the movie, I, uh, had accidentally went to hit the pause on my computer and hit the next chapter button and literally made no effort whatsoever to go back. Don't blame you. So I missed a lot of what's happening. This whole scene you're talking about. So they basically kind of, you know, use their charisma to convince this guy that, yeah, I'll let you run for me and stuff, run drugs for him. And then they go to this house where they're going to, like, armor up or something, but the... This first scene is them. Ah, oh, this is where I came back. Yeah. <laughs> this first scene is them in this empty house with their guns drawn in daylight, checking around corners. But keep in mind, they're in a house. Yeah. And they have their sunglasses on. Because why wouldn't you, right? Right. As you're checking corners. You know, don't you think you want your clearest vision there? Yeah, you know, your peripherals are totally blocked. That's how you're supposed right. to, yeah. you know, check a house. So they check all these corners, and then once all of them are checked, it's like, okay, now we can take our shades take off. The shirts off. Right. <laughs> that was too funny for me. It didn't make sense. Oh, God. Um, it hurts. they're at the house, they get a call, head to this deal. Um, it's in the middle, kind of in the middle of an empty... Stockyard almost. Yeah, a lot of the deals are in empty stockyards. Yeah. Like all is, of the deals. That's... This is where they meet the big leader of the cartel. His name is Montoya. Um, I just refer to him as Beard Guy because he's bald and has an epic. Oh, this is the main dude, right? Yeah, this is the leader of the cartel. Jose is kind of like. I didn't think he had a name, honestly. Bald it's dude. Montoya. You never hear it. I just, like I said, I refer to him as Beard Guy because he's got a big beard. Um, and also with him is Gong Lee's character, Isabella, who I never really heard during the movie. 
Just call her an Asian chick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard it once at least. Basically, it's like, I'm a busy guy. I don't like to do meetings like this, but here's the deal. You're going to transport 1,000 kilos of coke for me for $3 million. And that's how it's going to be. At this point, Rico makes a call to his girlfriend, Trudy. She got flowers. Was that this point? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, because they... There's this really weird moment in this movie when they're leaving this meeting, and Rico picks up his phone and dials, and then they cut to a scene of... Uh, well, their phones are blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I knew the phones were blocked, but this just weirded me out. And they cut back to a scene of Sonny doing something. Then they cut back to, I'm pretty sure, the exact same scene of Rico picking up his phone, dialing, and putting hey, it to his ear. Saves production costs. I mean, why not? And I don't know if I was having a stroke at this point or if this was actually <laughs> happening. Because <laughs> it felt like it happened like three or four times. And oh, yeah. I, I honestly got confused and rewound and watched it again. Honestly, their facial expressions in this movie, like you, you could count them on one hand. Yeah. It, There's really not a lot of depth to, the, to these guys. But yeah, Rico calls Trudy. She says, thanks for the flowers. And he's like, I didn't send you any flowers. <laughs> and she's like, and at this point, they're like, oh, God, they know who she is. You know, yeah. we need to get you out of there. Go somewhere safe, whatever. She gets all up in arms, you know, don't worry about me and all this shit. Yeah. Well, probably should worry about her. Yeah. But anyways, Rico and Sonny fly to Colombia and take the coke from Colombia. Um, there's some nice aerial shots here of them flying flying through the mountains in really weird cuts though. Yeah. There I know Michael Mann's done a lot of uh good movies, but this I don't is, know if he just dropped the ball on this or I, what. I don't know it, what happened, yeah. It just seemed like they were really, really rough yeah. cut together. It's like they didn't give any thought to transitions. They just kinda like It seemed like they were trying to do some parallel editing, but just failed miserably at it. Yeah, it, it was. It's like I said, it's confusing. It's hard to yeah. follow. Like I mean, it's like I hope my notes make sense, but it's it's kind of hard. I mean, my notes are literally Columbia in plane, not in plane yeah. <laughs> question marks. Yeah. So after they fly it out of there, Jose calls Sonny and them says, you know, we heard the delivery went good. And then Sonny says, yeah, but somebody tried to disrupt it, and we got something to show you, and. This is when they invite Jose over and show him all the coke that they stole from before they met him. Yeah. And they bring him to his drugs. He's like, what the fuck? This is my stuff that got stolen two weeks ago, and now you have it? He's like, yeah, you're welcome, basically. And he's Which is shady as fuck. Shady <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. We didn't steal it. Promise. But basically, <laughs> they're going to kind of use it as leverage to gain Mel's trust. Yeah. He's like... He's like, okay, how much do I buy it back? And they're like, nothing. You can have it. Just consider this an investment in our good business. And he's like, okay, I ain't got to pay you nothing, and I get my drugs back. Yeah. Cool. So, Which, if red flags aren't going off at this point, I don't know what right. kind of fucking drug dealer you are. Yeah, not a good one. But at this meeting, Sonny tries to uh, get a swerve on with the Asian yeah, chick. Yeah, this is where Crockett um, starts hitting on the Asian yep, chick. Takes her on boat trip number one. <laughs> There's a lot of boat trips in this movie. A lot of boat trips. Um, takes her on a boat, says, as, hey, you know anywhere that makes good mojitos? And she's like, yeah, in Havana. And this scene goes on way too way long. Too long. It's, like, they go to the club, it. they dance, they fuck. Yeah. And then he yeah. ends up, oh, I love this, I got he fucks a new deal into her. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know if that was his plan all along, but this 20-minute scene of uh, them banging in different places and yeah. drinking in different places. Because before he goes, he, Tub says, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry, I'm working on it, or whatever. And he's like, oh, all right. But yeah, I agree. There's a lot of unnecessary dancing. It it feels, feels, I don't know the time frame of this, but it feels like at least two days have gone by Yeah. where they're fucking and drinking right. and dancing. <laughs> Because they're just chilling in Cuba somewhere. Yeah. And like Sonny said, he's like, they don't like my passport in Cuba. So I would be a little on edge being illegally in Cuba. Yeah. They're not. She's like, oh, no, my uncle owns a club. It's cool. <laughs> okay. So then we have boat ride. Or wait. There's another shower scene. Yeah. Um, more fucking. More fucking. <laughs> I couldn't have a laugh. He's like. They refer to drugs as loads in this movie. <laughs> yes, they do. Because he at one point he says, he's like, he tries to work out a new deal and he says, we guarantee loads. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm like, oh, God. Some bad taste. <laughs> just see somebody popping in at so many points in this movie going, that's what she said. And yeah. it would make this movie so, like, ten times better to watch just by adding that humor aspect to it. But then we take boat ride number two um, back to meet Rico. And then they meet their boss. Castillo, I guess, is his name. I know. Castillo is the police chief. We'll meet him later. <laughs> we see the beard guy again. He's just stoic. Yeah, he doesn't really he doesn't, say you know, much he's to Robert. stoic as fuck. Yeah. Doesn't Asian chicks are fucking him, too? Kind of. They have something going on, yeah. But I, she, she's into Sonny at this point. Yeah, but it's... I mean, she totally... <clears throat> Popped on top of him. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's I mean, fucking everyone at this point. Well, what? also, you gotta think. This is her boss. You know, if she says no, you That's your boss, him. so you gotta fuck him. Well, he's this tough. boss who has people killed if they yeah. disobey him, so. I guess. You know. Sonny meets back with the Asian chick, Isabella, in Colombia. Nails her again. Um, Jose meets with Rico and Sonny at his club. It's just, just a lot of unnecessary scenes. Yeah. There's just so much going on. There's about an hour of footage you can cut out of this, and it yeah. might be a decent flick after yeah. that. You could honestly make this into an hour-long TV episode. Yeah. This is too, Pretty yeah, special. it's just a lot of unnecessary stuff, and you're just, at some point, you're like, God, is something going to happen? Yeah. It's just so much talking. Yeah, and when they're in the club, Jose doesn't like, says he doesn't like the Americans because they're too good at what they do, so he's getting suspicious at this point. And then you see him, it looks like he's tearing up as he's watching uh, Isabella get dry humped by Crockett. Oh, yeah, because there's more unnecessary dancing. Yeah. Jose yeah. looks jealous, yeah. Um, it doesn't really add to the story or anything. It's just kind of there. Right. That Jose might like Isabella. He probably Which, does. who would care? Probably, yeah, who gives a fuck? But, yeah, the, the, another thing, there's so much dialogue going on in this first part, but nobody can know how to raise their voice and speak. Oh, good, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that. Yeah, it's it's all talking like this. The yeah. deal, the deal's going down. What deal? With the coke? Yeah, deal with the coke. Could you speak up a little bit? We can't hear you. For a lot of the movie, I thought it was just my DVD copy or it was no, my laptop or something. Them. You're just like forced whisper talking. It's really irritating. Yeah, but oh. yeah, I lost a lot of the story based on that alone. Yeah, so they keep talking about the deal's going down, deal's going down. So they, they go and they pick up these crates on a freighter somewhere. Um, and you're like, when is something going to happen? You're, you're thinking this throughout the whole first yeah. hour of this movie. And at this point, shit starts to happen. Finally. Rico's girlfriend, Trudy, gets kidnapped. Yeah, she gets jumped going into her house. Yep, and while they're moving the coke from the freighter to the speedboats... She's being held in a trailer near an airport. They can figure that out. And this is when Rico gets the call while they're trying to transport the coke. The kidnappers want drugs or they're going to kill her. Yeah. So, and at this point I wrote again, this is still pretty confusing because I don't know who wants what, when, where they want it, when they want it. It's just I'm, I'm lost. Yeah, see, at this point I was, must have been in complete brain melt because I wrote down something about stuff and things. <laughs> And then going to get Trudy back. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I, I literally couldn't have cared um, less at this point. Yeah. Like, if you're following us, you know, I hope you are. But, yeah, this is it's really confusing. And this is kind of where stuff starts to pick up. But uh, the, the speedboats with the drugs, they reach this bridge. They get out, hop in a car, and get armored up. At this point, we find Jose is working with the people buying the drugs. So it's kind of a setup. Yeah, the Nazis, Russian dudes, or whatever. So this this is when you kind of realize this is a setup. Jose knows who who these guys that are transporting are. It's oh shit! Kind of yeah. It's it's, it's kind of enlightening to me. I mean, it's still confusing, but it starts to make you know somewhat sense. You go from complete jaw dropping obliviousness to a little head scratching now. So yeah. <laughs> you're kind of on the way. But they go raid this trailer that Trudy's in. I really like this part oh. because there's dead silence. Yeah. There's no score behind it. You can, I mean, you can hardly even hear them walking on the gravel. It really, I think it's a good tension building moment. One of the one of the good parts in this movie. It's always a decent way of building tension, especially if you have like a constant flow of soundtrack and yeah. sound throughout a movie that. Yeah. Usually does the trick. 
but Rico and Sonny and two others from their crew. Um, one of one of them's a chick. And there's another dude. Uh, you never really get their names. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to search for their names right now. Um, but they're not even top bill cast. Oh, Gina. Gina is the chick, and I think Zito is the other one, played by Justin Thoreau. And then Elizabeth Rodriguez plays Gina. But they kind of sneak up on this trailer. Jamie Foxx grabs an old pizza box from the trash, because you can find plenty of those in the trailer park. Oh, yeah. And just like, yo, pizza's here. And the dude opens the door, and they kind of just bust in. Well, they pull him out and yeah. take him down and then bust in. Yep. At this point... They can see Trudy there. She's got a bomb strapped to her. Yeah, round her um, neck. Rico kind of loses it. And they, I think, like, punches this dude, breaks his arm, and, like, throws him to the ground. And as he's slowly <laughs> crawling away, he, like, blasts him in the back of the head. <laughs> this is when I wrote, you know, finally a little action. Yeah. Killing Nazis. Something to just, you know, wake you up. One of the big hillbilly guys has Trudy, and he's got a gun to her head. Oh, he's got the detonator. Oh, the detonator, yeah. And... Gina has the, her high-powered rifle or whatever on him, and she's like, you know, I'll shoot you right through the back of your skull, and you'll be paralyzed so quick you won't even be able to press that button. And the guy's like, I'd like to see you try, and mid-sentence, just bam, shoots him. Yeah, like right through his, like, jaw yeah. into his spine. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. They get Rico's chick out safe, they get the bomb off her, and they kind of like, you just stay here. Yeah, we're gonna... We're gonna get to a safe distance, and... This is when Jose remote triggers bomb. Yeah. As Trudy's standing in the doorway, <laughs> gets fucking blown 40 feet away from yeah. the trailer. So I wrote down, Trudy blows up a little. Yeah. Just a which, little. This was an awesome explosion, too. Yeah. This was a nice screen filling yeah. explosion. It's kind of slow-mo-ish. They did a really good job there. Um, Trudy's in bad shape. She's alive. The hospital. She's in a coma, right? Yeah. She's got so much wrong with her. She's hanging in there. Um, This is when the boss kind of tells them, you know, how the deal's going to go. Jose kind of tells off the Asian chick, crew army's up. Just a bunch of more unnecessary stuff. Yeah, and they got their little gear-up montage, right? Gear-up montage, yeah, with a nice cover of In the Air Tonight by Nonpoint, which I love this version of the song. Just was kind of an homage to them using this original song with account in the actual show. Yeah. Apparently they use that a lot. So I'm ashamed to say I enjoyed this remix. Yeah. It's non-point, man. Yeah. It's really one of my favorite bands, dude. Sorry to hear that. Why? <laughs> I don't know, just not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of non-point? No. Oh, man. I know there's some listeners that aren't going to like that. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And those people can... <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, anyways, it was a good cover, good point in the movie to have it. They go to the deal. Jose brings out the Asian chick. Jose is at the deal because they said, we're not going to make this deal unless you're there, dude. So he's there. They kind of, like, trade people. Yeah, one goes across. You got the money. You got the drugs. Let's, you know, you send one of yours over here. We'll send one of ours, and we'll make sure it's right. Which just seemed like an uneven trade because uh, Krakow's all in Isabella, and Isabella's the one that gets traded over. Right. And they send one of their, like, nameless detective oh, guys, goons. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, they're going to go now, right? <laughs> yep. Um, at this point, shootout happens. They find the snipers. and they find the snipers, yeah, because Castillo, the boss, was all hiding in the background looking for the snipers. Once they find them, they're like, all right, fire, take out the snipers. So it's now it's just ground teams. Did Jose's guys not realize that one of Sonny's team members was right behind right them? Behind them? Yeah. And it, it seems as even though the... The uh, camera work forgot too because you kind of forget that he's there. Yeah, and he just you starts blasting people in the back. Like, Wait a minute, they threw somebody over there. Why aren't we seeing him? Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of a nice shootout. SWAT teams come and help out. Rico's up chasing down Jose, blasting a fucking hole through his chest. Yeah. Like, and a nice effect too. At this point, I was like, how is there still 17 minutes left? I wrote down in, in caps. <laughs> Yeah, you feel like this should be the end soon. Yeah. Because um, I was excited once, you know, shit was starting to go down. I was like, oh, this is going to wrap up. It's going to be a nice ending. At this point, the Asian chick notices Sonny's badge. Kind of freaks out on him. Yeah, well, she notices his badge and him calling 
into radio and then SWAT members coming up yeah. behind him. And she kind of like just flashes out at him, starts hitting on him, and he's like, yo, stop. They're in the middle of a shootout. God damn it, woman. You're going to take a bullet. Fuck. And they kind of rumble out into the open, and that's when the buyer kind of eyes him up, and Sonny's got to do like a, you know, tumble roll to get out of there and shoots out his legs, takes a good him out. Good old tumble roll. <laughs> and shoots out his legs and pops him right in the forehead, takes him out. They kind of. You know, to be fair, some of the practical effects on this were really nice. Yeah, they like the, do a good job there. With, the what? makeup alone, like the wounds on dude's head yeah. when he got glassed. little effects that they did. Yeah, there really it wasn't really much. There wasn't a lot. Um, but, yeah, I guess that the good guys win at this point. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. They never really... I mean, they, they killed... The... There were more good guys than bad guys, so <laughs> I guess that's a win. They killed the drug dealers, so yay. Okay. Um, at this point, Sonny kind of heads off with Isabella. She's pissed at him, so he handcuffs her, takes her to their Lalo house on the beach somewhere. And there's, there's, I didn't get this scene where they showed like the Colombian SWAT team move in on the mansion of the Beard Guy's house. Yeah, I didn't it's really. Completely empty. And then we don't see anything else. Yeah. So he essentially got away. He got away. So did where? Bad guy wins. Yeah. On. This didn't make sense. Yeah. And at this point, it's like uh, Sonny telling Isabella, you know, you're going to be taken to Havana. Nobody will follow you, including me. Yeah, she essentially gets a free uh, pass. Yeah. Um, her and Sonny have to say bye, and it's supposed to be a tear-jerking moment as she, like, drives off, and so does Sonny, but not really. Yeah. Because Sonny's yeah. probably like, yeah, I just fooled around for two weeks. And yeah. Got to bang this chick for a while. never see her again. All right. <laughs> Hope I didn't knock her up. <laughs> um, but yeah, at this point, Trudy kind of wakes up. And then Sonny heads back to the hospital. And it's like, ah, rose before hose. Gotta save my, my partner. Yeah. And that's kind of how it ends. Yeah, just cuts. Just cuts, much. yeah. The credits. It's really blah ending. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so as usual, I'll let you go first on this one. All right. <laughs> This should be interesting. I I really don't have much to say about it because there really wasn't much that it gave to me. Are you kidding? I mean, the story was crap. The acting was crap. I mean, I've seen every single... I even looked up some of the actors I wasn't familiar with to see what they had, else they had done. And almost all of these people have been in something much better that I've seen that where their acting was actually above tolerable, you know? Amazing, yeah. and in this, it just seemed like everyone was phoning in. It, there was no passion for any of these people in this making of this movie. Um, the cinematography was good. I'll give it that. I liked a lot of the shots. The transitions and cuts just got awful, and the music was okay. Like I said, I love that synth, that little bit of synth in the beginning because it, you know, yeah. gave you that nostalgia feel, and then. Yeah. You know, they're coming in the air tonight. It's a good song. Yeah. yeah. See? So. You'll, you'll admit it. I know you will. I know you will. I'm not going to lie about it. Yeah. But as far as a total for this movie, I I honestly gave it a 3 out of 10. Yes. Yeah. This is something I would not recommend unless you're maybe a diehard fan of Michael Mann or, you know, Even Colin Carroll or. Even then, still. It's. That would be the only reason I'd watch it. It's just one of those movies, if you're a fan of Michael Mann, you just have it on your collection, but you yeah. just never watch it. It's just there. It's like, this is the one that always has dust on it. This is a co- this is a coaster movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind By it. that, I mean, if you don't catch that, I mean, you can literally use this disc as a coaster, and <laughs> it, it, it'll serve a better purpose as a coaster. Yeah. <laughs> well, as a movie. I literally paid a dollar fifty for this movie at a resale shop, and I am regretting that. Yep. I paid a dollar for it, too, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I could have spent this dollar so much better. But yeah, so you're up. Um, I I'm gonna be right there with you on most of this. It's boring until you know maybe the last twenty minutes. It drags so much. It's confusing. It's confusing and it drags so much. Um, the soundtrack minus that little synth and the cover of In the Air Tonight is just slow and drab. There's nothing that really grasps you and keeps you into this movie. It's a hard time watching. Um, <laughs> There are some good aerial shots, some good, you know, cinematic shots, but there's a lot of shaky camera work, too. Yeah. It's just like they had, you know, just a handheld camera and we're filming some oh. of this. It's, it's, yeah. They shoot out at the handheld, a lot of it. Yeah. 
and a lot of the club scenes were just so bad too. Almost nauseating. But there were a couple scenes with some nice effects, so I mean that kind of saves it for me rating this even lower. But I'll give it a four, just because some of the scenes, like I said, were at least inter- to the least bit entertaining. Um, but yeah, it's I, I wouldn't recommend watching this. <laughs> it's it's not a good watch. It's two and about what two and a half hours. Yeah, a waste of time. It's. Two and a half hours, it feels like about 12 hours. Which is so sad, because Michael Mann has made some great movies. Like He did Heat, he did yeah. Collateral. Those are great movies. Just some something happened here. Yeah. But yeah, so I, this is not one we would recommend. Yeah. So Got any interesting facts about this turd pile? I got a couple, yeah. <laughs> um, the body count, it's surprising, because it be, I might kind of expect it to be more, but then not really. It's only at 23. That seems. It should be higher. It I should think. be higher, but it doesn't even seem like it should be that high from what happened in the movie. Yeah. But, um, Unless they're talking people to death. Yeah. Really low and whispering. <laughs> so they did a lot of filming of this on location in Miami, you know, Central America, and this was during 2005. So they lost seven days of filming to hurricanes Katrina, Rita, and Wilma. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and at one point there was they filmed during an early part of a of uh, like a windstorm or whatever where they were racing in the Ferrari at night and the wind blew out buildings, the glass from buildings and almost injured some of the stars. That's one thing I noticed about this movie. It seems like they spent a lot of money on toys, like the cars, cars. and the boats. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the majority of the budget must have gone there. Yeah, like the production costs from this were, I heard were outrageous. I, I don't got an exact number, but yeah, they, they got a lot of crap for mm-hmm. high production costs. The biggest... Fun fact about this is just that how big of an egotistical jackass Jamie Foxx was. Um, Between casting and production of this, he won an Oscar for Ray, which he deserved. Yeah, it was well. It was good. But his ego went through the roof. Um, During filming, he refused to fly commercially, forcing the studio to give him a private jet. He also wouldn't partake in scenes on boats or planes. Um... And after there were gunshots heard on the set in the Dominican Republic, uh, Fox packed his bag and re- packed his bags and refused to return, forcing Michael Mann to rewrite the ending, which was supposed to take place in Paraguay, uh, Paraguay and uh, having it take place in Miami. Um, a lot of the crew members said that this made it a lot more less dramatic. Yeah, so, and, you know, stuff like that kind of makes you wonder too if like the crew satisfaction and happiness throughout the production. You know, places a lot into the film. Yeah. Like uh, when we had watched uh, Blade Runner mm-hmm. earlier. I mean, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's uh, acting really was kind of uh, blasé and phoned it in and shit. Yeah, it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like that added a lot to the. Yeah. Could have added so much more to the movie if you know. Right. right. It, it just on. seemed like if he would have you know had an equal head with everybody, the chemistry might have been there. Yeah. Which is why maybe, you know, Jamie Foxx's <clears throat> over-egotistical big head fucking... Right. Like, I have a, I have a feeling that there was somewhere along the line supposed to be an idea for a sequel to this. I'm glad they did another one, but this one turned out so bad that people were like, no. Yeah. So, and I'm so glad because it's hard even watching this one. Yeah. But, um, you got anything else to add on this one? Um, if you really hate someone... Or hate yourself and want to punish yourself, feel free to give this a watch a few times. Yeah, you might definitely. get to learn to love it. I don't know. Maybe. But, yeah. Then so, <laughs> that's really all we got to say about this. I mean, yep. We we'll, we could be meaner. Oh, I could be a lot. If we had more time. But, yeah, we're going to take a small break, and we will be back with the B-side. Right, B-side. Hey, before we get back to the show, this is Gavin. I'm going to give you my random recommendation for the week. This week's recommendation is another book called House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danieleski. It's a really, really fun book to read. It's complicated. It, it's kind of hard to explain, though, because it's a book about a manuscript, about a film that doesn't exist, about a house that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Beautifully written, but, I mean, like I said, complicated to read. It does have footnotes that'll go on for pages and then you have to jump back to the original page so there's a lot of hop skipping and jumping in this book 
and flipping the book over because you have to read it upside down, right side up, in every which way. It's a horror tale love story. Um, it's really enjoyable. So yeah, if you have the time and you're looking for a good read, that again is House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danieleski. So uh, yeah, that's my random recommendation for the week. So back to the show. All right, welcome back to the Unfab Podcast. We're on the B-side. Yeah, B-side. Today's B-side flick is that classic 1989 body horror film, Tetsuo the Iron Man. It's a 67-minute long film, not a feature film out. It's got to be an hour and a half, at least 90 or whatever to be a feature film. Something like that. Well, there's a lot of movies that come in at like 80-some minutes, too, that are still feature films. But this is a film. Yeah, directed by uh, Shinya Tsukamoto, starring uh, Kai Fujiwara and Nobu Kanaoko. Kanaoko? Kanaoko and Tamarowo Taguchi. Oh, yeah, Tamaro Taguchi. <laughs> and the director himself, Shinya Tsukamoto. Yeah, that was the first so. thing I said. Oh, I didn't know. I thought Kai Fujiwara was. This is uh, the first in the regular-sized monster series. Okay. Which there were no other series after this, as far as I can tell. (laughs) Okay. But, yeah, I love that. I love that one that shows up up in the beginning, regular-sized monster series. Mm. Because they're not big. They're not tiny. They're just regular regular size. size. So, you know, just regular monsters. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing to be too scared of. They're just regular monsters. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll jump right into it. Uh, this starts out with the guy walking home. And he gets home, and I guess he wants to be a runner from what I can tell. Mm. He's got metal and scrap just scattered everywhere. Okay. And all these pictures of uh, runners, like marathon right. runners. Yeah. So. And trophies and stuff, too. Yeah. But, uh... We see him kind of playing around with a lot of the metal and then, uh, you know, grinding metal jagged bars between his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know if it made you cringe, but it always makes me cringe when I see that. There's part. a lot of stuff in this movie that made me cringe, yeah. Grinding metal, just... So, yeah. so yeah, this character's name is uh, doesn't really have a name. He's called the Metal Fetishist. Yeah. So Didn't know that was a fetish. Yeah. Apparently well, it is. I mean, everything's a fetish. Everything is, yeah, yeah but... You find a new one every day. Yeah. So this guy just likes putting metal in himself. Like, literally, because yeah. is this when he, like, cuts his leg open? Yep. Yep. Slices his leg open and just sticks this metal pipe into it. Just jams a big old bar into his leg. Because, <laughs> you know, that's how you become bionic. You just you just implant the metal yourself. Yep. Yeah, you don't need doctors or anything. You just It's quicker and easier if you just do it yourself at home. Yep. So try this at home, everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> do not try this at home. I do not condone this. We... <laughs> whoa. Yeah. So, and then uh, what we cut to maybe a few days later, I'm guessing, when he's taking off the bandages. Yeah. It looks like a little bit, well, it doesn't look like time has passed, but no. looks like the bandages has been on there for a while. And yeah, it's filled with maggots. Just tons of maggots in oh, this open oh, flesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in case you haven't picked up by now, this uh, this is a body horror film. Yeah, this is this is a little bit different. Yep. Um, as you said this is very experimental too, right? Yeah, yeah. very, very experimental. Really, in it's all in black and white too. Yeah, yeah, all in black and white. Very minimal dialogue. <laughs> you kind of got to piece together what's going on yourself, but that's kind of what we're doing here is helping you out with that. Yep. So yeah, he kind of freaks out after seeing the maggots and uh, goes for a panic run out into the middle of the street. Okay. And then uh, we see him. We see a car hit him, essentially. Yep. And then it cuts to the opening. Yep. And the opening is just this guy in a suit, kind of spazzing out. Yeah. And it's just like it's. A, I got like you know just shots of factory work, like metal, yeah, iron factory work. And there's some real nice industrialish yeah. cyber techno music here. Some heavy industrial music. The soundtrack to this movie was pretty awesome. I love the soundtrack to this movie. Yeah. I actually want our opening to have some songs similar to this, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, opening is very industrial. And then we, uh, the actual movie opens up on, after the title, you know, Tetsubo the Iron Man, opens up on, uh, his name is Celery Man. So, you know. Celery Man? Yeah, which is a Japanese thing if you work 
steadily at a business here, salary man. Oh, salary man. Salary. You said salary. Not salary, but salary. <laughs> man. Weird. So he's shaven, and he's got this chunk of metal sticking out. He, he's talking on the phone first, right? Uh, no, that comes up a little bit later. Mush, mush, right? No. Okay. No. I don't think so. I have talking on phone, and then he gets off the train. No, I think that happens after okay. his shaving. Because, yeah, the shaving comes into play at the end of the movie. Okay, yeah. But, but yeah, he's shaving. He's got this little chunk of metal that he's sticking out of his cheek that he's kind of fucking with that mm-hmm. suddenly explodes in blood. Yeah. That was, like, kind of gross. Just, like, a giant zit popping almost. Yeah, except a gross metal zit. <clears throat> yeah. You know, doesn't exist in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so then I think he goes to the... The telephone scene. Okay. Where he's, uh... Is it there or is it later? Because this scene I couldn't get... I thought it was too funny. Yeah, this is where the... Mushy mushy. Yeah, mushy mushy. Mushy mushy? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, like, what, like almost two minutes of this person he's talking to on the phone, like, okay now? Mushy mushy. Okay now? Mushy mushy? It doesn't even sound like... He's speaking Japanese. He's just saying random noises, and the people watching it are too dumb to realize he's not speaking Japanese. No, speaking Japanese. I'm pretty sure that's like an informal. Mushy mushy. Yeah. I'm fairly certain that's a way of saying hello in Japanese. Wow. I can't even say that because there's some fucking dumb shit that we say in the English language, too. There's tons of dumb shit in every language. Mostly ours, though. Yeah. Like cray, right, Gavin? God. Cray is not a fucking word. <laughs> if you can't add the Z at the end, you're a moron. No, they just take the Z out. It's C-R-A-Y. Cray. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Why? No. Like, that shit's so cray, man. It's, no. Super cray. I have a hard time with today's slang. I think I'm just old. <laughs> I grew up in a land with proper language. Proper English. <laughs> Alrighty, so... Uh, so, yeah, he's on the phone, and eventually it goes through, and all he hears is, uh, what I'm assuming is his girlfriend say she's felt strange since a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of cuts from there. Yeah. <laughs> cuts to uh, the train station. So he's sitting at a train stop <clears throat> waiting for a train, and there's a lady sitting for a yeah, train. Yeah, but so, she's fucking weird. Well, not at the beginning. Like, no, she's normal at first, and then just gets weirder and yeah, weirder. She and sees weirder. some kind of weird metal ball chilling on the ground, and she decides she's going to poke at it. Yep. And they kind of zoom into the ball, and you see a tiny little person in there. A little person in there, yeah. And as she gets closer, he's just getting super excited. <laughs> really excited. <laughs> and she decides to grab a pencil because she doesn't want to actually touch it. Yeah. And she ends up stabbing it, and then shit gets weird. Yeah. This thing, like, doesn't it, like, latch onto her? Essentially. Yeah, and she kind of starts, like, you know, almost possessed, yeah, kind of. She, she kind of, she's scratching on her hand. Yep. And the salary man's sitting there, and he kind of looks over, and... What the fuck is going on over here? And, and she looks at him. All yeah, crazy. yeah. It's like, head twisted, eyes flaring up, and just... <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he's like, like fuck I'm out. Starts taking off right through the subway, and... She follows him. She follows him in the creepy walk. Yeah. You know, this yeah. just kind of progresses on and on. It's a creepy chase scene, yeah. Yeah. And the music <laughs> is great in this part, too. Oh, yeah. It's really uh, horror-esque, but still, like, almost techno-y. Yeah. Doesn't he go and hide in, a like, a closet in a stairwell, kind of? But there's, like, a graded roof to it, That's so it's actually not uh, hiding? It's a bathroom. Oh, it's a bathroom? Yeah, there's a toilet in there. Why does the bathroom have a graded ceiling? This is it? Japan. <laughs> This is true. They're not perverts. They're <laughs> trying to, at least. Perverts is a daily life. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he uh, hides in the stall, and she ends up coming into the bathroom and cutting her ear off. Because <laughs> that's what you do, I guess. So he's you know, try- Yeah, he's trying to keep silent, and suddenly he sees something fall into the toilet. <laughs> he looks down, and it's her fucking ear <laughs> that she just cut off. And she's, like, banging on the fucking grate. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of stabs her. Yeah, he stabs her with a pencil in the neck. But she attacks him. Yeah, this is uh, when they get in a fight. Yep. 
which is a pretty decent fight. Well, kind of quick. Quick but, fight, but there's still a, he's still trying to get back home too. Right? Yeah, because yeah. that's when his uh, rocket feet kind of flare up. Yeah. Because suddenly the shot just zooms back through all the subway tunnels he's been through and back through the streets and back into his garage. Yep, and he's still getting attacked there. Yeah. And does he kill her at this point? Well, yeah, because uh, she opens the garage Yeah. behind him and then does, like, her thriller dance <laughs> where she, like, yeah. hops up and her head goes to the side and she does her little hand thingy and then... Then she grabs her own tit and pops it for some reason. <laughs> Rips her booba. Yeah, this is pretty, pretty aggressive gore in this movie. <clears throat> yeah, like you said, very experimental. So at this point, you know, he's sick of getting his ass kicked. So he kind of fights back. And he ends up killing her by crushing her spine. That's right. Grabs her and gives her a nice tape bear hug. Squeeze. And touch snaps yep. because he's got, like, super strength now <laughs> and jet feet. Oh, yeah. All because of that little piece of metal that was in his cheek. Yeah. Probably. And the razor. And the razor. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, that comes into play later. Not yeah. a lot, but... And then isn't this when his body, like, starts to morph? Yeah, this is when his arm is starting to transform. Yeah. Oh, uh, then... I mean, there's a lot of rough cuts in this, but they're more... A lot of rough cuts. Yeah, because they... It seems almost uh, music video-ish at certain points. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I'm sure somebody out there has like dubbed over this with a music video. The, the, oh, yeah. There's no sure. way nobody has. It's... Uh, actually, in college, I used uh, this video, some of this video for a project I was doing and compositing. I can see but, it. Uh, it works out real nice and black and white. You can easily overlay and shit. But so yeah, we cut to kind of a music video and then back to. Uh, him having a nightmare. Is this with the chick in the bikini? Yeah, this is with his uh, girlfriend. His girlfriend in her metal bikini, and she's got a tube coming from her crotch. Yeah, yeah. big old giant robo-dong. <laughs> robo-dong, and basically ass-rapes him. Yeah, essentially uh, gives him one four, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and I wrote down, this is a weird scene, and then he wakes up. Yeah. So you know it was a dream. Yeah. So Gotta make sure it's clear that this is a dream. Yep, his b-hole is a-okay. <laughs> Good at, yeah. <laughs> so um, he keeps having flashbacks of, you know, just after the accident. And, which, I don't know how he's having these flashbacks, because they're from the POV of yeah, the hit run victim. Right. Um, but his cheek pops again, too, right? The metal. At this point, he's picking at that piece of metal in his cheek again. That's I have it wrote down, then he pops it again. And then that there's some chick there with him which would be his girlfriend his girlfriend yeah, yeah he wakes her up and you know gives her one for yep sex scene because after yeah. having a dream about your girlfriend ass raping you you, you want to fuck her yeah. yeah of course teach her a lesson i guess show you to <laughs> fuck, fuck me in my dreams <laughs> um and then we cut to the scene of after when they're eating he's kind of feeding her yeah which this scene goes on for a little longer than then he's good that yeah. yeah but a lot of uh Every time she chews, you hear these loud, yeah. abrasive noises. Oh, that was... And whatever the forks in her mouth, it's... Metal grinding. Yeah. Oh, cringing, yeah. A lot of cringeworthy uh, stuff in this movie. Just thinking about it and giving me chills. Ugh. But yeah, he's still kind of morphing, so to speak. Yeah. Because his, his, his hand's kind of losing it, and then his arm starts to... Yeah, everything starts to go slowly. And is this when his? This is when uh, the drill penis comes into play. Yeah, the giant spinning drill dick. Because that's what happens when you turn into metal. Yep. Your dick grows like fifty feet and turns into metal drill. Spinning drill. Um, he's at this point you fully understand he's slowly turning into metal. Yeah, he's. No, it's not like this is a dream. No, he's something's he's, happening. He's literally turning into metal um, and iron monster. Yeah, essentially. He says at one point he thinks he's being punished, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so he goes into the bathroom because he's freaked out, and he doesn't want her to see him. And she, she wants to see she's him. She's like, I can handle it. Trust me. It's okay. I can handle it. And she opens up and sees it and is like, ah! <laughs> And then instead of talking it through, which you were just talking to him through the bathroom door, but instead of talking to him after you see him, she's, what, takes a frying pan to his face? Yeah. To burn him and then fucking start stabbing him in the side. It's just every time she's attacking him, though, fucking he is like 
more yeah, transformation yeah. happens a little bit quicker. I really wrote down. I'm like, I thought you could take it. Thought you could take that. Japanese. I see weird shit every day. I can handle it. Like, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. She like, like you said, he presses the hot pan to his face, stabs his leg, then his face, and then his dick stops spinning. Yeah, they finally. Yep. Slows down the old spinning dong. <laughs> And then it, something happens and it works back up again. Well, she stabs him in the neck, and that's when his dong slows down. Okay. And then uh, she starts licking his face. And so it's, well, she's on top of him. Yeah, right? she's on top of him and starting yeah. to get into it. Into it. And which then it, I don't know if that that Japanese people are kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> But she's getting into it, and suddenly you hear that uh, telltale grinding noise. <laughs> <laughs> Turn back on, and that's pretty much where her back explodes out of her. <laughs> yeah, he fucking nails her with this giant spinning drill dick, and kind of kills her, I guess. Yeah, that, 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 that would kill her. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're not gonna die if you get a drill dick in you. <laughs> Yeah, after this, there's, like, more mishmash shots of, you know, metal kind of... Yeah, a lot of stop-go animation. Yeah. Which is really well done. Very, yeah, very, very well done. Very artsy. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I for... was talking, telling somebody about this, and I guess that this movie is used in a lot of film classes. Is it? Yeah. Oh. He's, he's, he said he's never seen it, but he's heard that it's shown in a lot of film classes just to show, you know, different techniques and stuff, so... Like I said, I use this for projects in film. Yeah, I mean, cool. if you this is a great, great uh, demonstration of stop motion. Yeah, and not stop motion animation, just stop motion. Period. Yeah, because there's a lot of it. Yeah. So the good, entire I don't know, half half of this movie is stop motion, if not more. At least, and there's a good few good melding of certain shots where they're you know still the actors. And they're stuff yeah. going as they're. So I can't even imagine the time it took. Oh, to this had to consume lives for like <laughs> at least a month or so. It explains why the cast is only you know six people. Yeah, not too much more than that. So yeah, he's soaking in a bath for a little bit, which ends, and then we kind of go to the doctor. Yeah, we have this the metal fetishist fetishist is having a flashback of this doctor, saying you know. You got this chunk of metal in your head. Yep. It's not coming out because you're going to die if it does. Yep. It's pretty much there. So fucking deal with it. Yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> then from there, we kind of transfer back to the main story where we got uh, the dead girlfriend in the tub. Yep. And. Yeah. Guy's like almost fully metal now, right? Yeah, he's like 90%. Yeah. Metal. And he oh. keeps electrocuting himself. <laughs> I don't understand why he's doing that. Maybe he's trying to die. He's super emo. <laughs> Since he doesn't have skin, he can't cut himself. That's the only way he can feel pain is electrocution. You stick his uh, electric stuff in Life his side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. But the phone rings. And I wrote down the quotes. Yeah, you metal freak. And yeah. Yeah. Whoever's on the phone. He's getting a call from the metal fetishist. Yeah. Who's, you know, he doesn't know who it is at this right. point. But we kind of know because yeah. he he keeps giving him flashbacks somehow of yeah, yeah. his death, the car crashing into him from his point of view. Mm-hmm. And then I, I keep seeing the car crash in his mind, and the salaryman and his chick are banging, but from, from another point of view. Yeah, from like down in the ditch, you can see him off in the distance, just banging, looking at this person, whoever it is. I think this is the part where they kind of explain the whole crash. They yeah. show him get hit, and they show the southern man come up, and then his girlfriend gets out of the car and is like, "What are we gonna do? Yeah, can't just leave him here." They don't say anything, but you can kind of tell it's implied that they're like, throw the body in the trunk, yep. drive out somewhere, and throw the body in a ditch. And then, like any normal person would do at that point, you have sex against a tree. <laughs> Because you just Duh. killed a person, so... What is a bigger turn-on than, you know, murder and dumping a dead body? Uh, and knowing they're oh, still alive watching you. Um, any couples out there that want to spice up their relationship, yeah. yeah, definitely go hit a pedestrian and then dump their body in a dish. I highly recommend to try this. <laughs> Best sex ever. <laughs> we do not in any way condone murder. No, we do not. Nope. Having so, sex against trees, sure, but not murdering people. I hope you can catch the sarcasm in that, so yeah. 
but this metal fetishist, um, well, I just referred to a spiky hair guy. He's got wild hair. He's definitely got some spiky hair. Yeah. Um, he's kind of running through the streets in like that, like really fast cut motion. Yeah, it's a motion where he's got the flowers in his hand. Yep. Which is cool because he's just standing dead upright. Yep. With his hand tilted to the side and his head tilted to the other side. <laughs> yeah. And he shows up outside Salaryman's house, right? Yeah. Okay. He's attracting the Salaryman's attracting everything that's metal, it seems. Yeah. And then his dead girlfriend wakes up in the tub, right? Yeah. She kind of reattacks him after being dead for a while, <laughs> which you know happens. And then she, like, slowly decomposes, kind of, stop motion us. decomposes, and then springs back up, and then she's the metal fetishist. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? That was weird. Yeah, the way I saw it is he's kind of turning into, like, a rust person, mm-hmm. and... He's turning the salary man into like a metal person. Okay. Which, what better way to destroy your enemy than to turn them into metal and then become rust and then kill them with rust? Yeah. It's kind of how I figured. Because yeah. everything he touches kind of foams up and then as the foam disappears, it's disintegrated to shit. Right. But to me, it looks like the, when he touches it, it foams like it's like he's almost soldering or welding himself to it. That's what I get, because he kind of absorbs it. But, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, maybe the fact that it's black and white leaves it up to your interpretation. Yeah, I mean, this could go a bunch of different ways. Yeah. It's just that it looks gray when he does it, and that's initially I thought of, you know, soldering welding. See, I think it looks foamy. It's like corrosion. Well, yeah, you, you've soldered it before, right? You've yeah. Before. It, it turns gray and kind of looks bubbly and foamy. So. Have you ever seen acid burn through something, though? Yeah. Corrodes and bubbles, and then it... That's why I say it. it's open to an interpretation. Yeah. I don't think it is. But so you, the viewer, decide for yourself. Yeah. It still looks pretty, still looks pretty cool either way. At this point, the metal fetishist shows him, kind of gets into his head and shows him a new world, is what he says. Right, yeah. And it- this world is just, which it goes into the scene of like a model world that's all made out of metal mm-hmm. and just people encapsulated just being boiled alive or whatever the hell's going yeah, on there. Fucking weird shit. And then kind of run into this other guy. Beats him with the stick. Oh, yeah, this is another flashback. flashback. This sure. is a flashback with the metal fetishist, right? Yeah. Not the salary man. Yeah, because they have this... Uh, he sticks a TV under the... Iron Man's face at this point. Right, right, right. showing him the accident over okay. from his point of view. And then he flashed back to this guy. This. He's like, pulls a stick out of his crotch. <laughs> you just think he's like yanking out a dick. And then, whoa, no, that's a metal stick or something. Yeah, a giant metal bar. Yep. And then he runs across the wall, like slamming it against stuff, and then runs up and bashes it into the camera. Yep. <laughs> Which we're assuming is metal fetishes. Yeah. Head. Which would kind of make sense in the whole scheme of things, because yeah. this could lead to uh, him going to the doctor and finding out, you know. He's metal in his brain, because whoever, when he was younger, beat him with a stick. Yeah, beat him with this rod. And now there's metal lodged in his head. <laughs> but the whole point is, just this guy beating him, and then you hearing, you know, this guy begging him to stop. Yeah, it, which his voice, voice kind of goes yeah. into a kid's voice. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and then they kind of wake up, and we're in a warehouse, and this is this is where the metal fetishist starts like doing his hand thingy and making yep. all the metal go towards the Iron Man. He squeezes his hand. Yeah. Let's go. And where do we go from there? Let's see. Uh, <clears throat> the metal fetishist kind of turns his hand into a gun because <laughs> the uh, Iron Man can't move at this point. He's like just covered in all the metal from whatever like industrial shop he was in. Yeah, there's like a huge chunk of metal now, right? Yeah. Well, the Iron Man is. Oh, yeah. Salary Man. Yeah. Now Iron Man. Yeah. Just an absurdly Giant, gigantic like, piece of metal. amorphous blob of metal. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like a job of the hut of metal. Yeah. You can't really move. Um, but the metal fetishist has a flamethrower now. Kind yeah, of, right? he turned his hand into like a flamethrower gun he's, thing. He's forming more into metal, too, at this point. Right? Yeah, but... Not I, as much. I think this is when he talks about... Uh, how the piece of metal that got put into him mm-hmm. when was everything was busted. Was, yeah. And then, uh, but the shaver that he was using in the beginning, the salaryman, was stainless steel. Yep. So that's why he's more 
more stronger metal than than the rust guy right. or metal fetishist. He doesn't like him. He's angry at him. Yeah, <laughs> things go weird. Yeah, really weird. But... Uh, if they haven't been weird to this. Point. No, everything's been totally everything's normal. Everything's totally normal. <laughs> yeah. This is where it's weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the fetishist wants to go and do the final blow. And, you know, finish he's like, I'm gonna finish the job. Yeah. yeah. So he runs up, and they just kind of fucking combine into one fucking giant. Yeah, it drills through thing. him. The sailor man drills through the metal fetishist and just kind of laughs. Right, and they keep yeah. growing. It's almost was was it with his giant drill penis as he drilled into him? Yeah, his drill penis has grown in size at this point. Yeah, massive size. Easy, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just kind of. Giving women out there the vapors. They kind of morph together, and then there's like this smooth jazz type scene. Right? Yeah. It's kind of slows, and there's this really, you know, soft music. The same music that played in the beginning before the credit opening. Oh, yeah. When he got hit by the car originally. Yeah. But yeah, it's this smooth jazz kind of 50s soda shop music. Yep. yep. That's exactly how you can describe it. I was trying to think of a good way to describe that, but yeah. 50s soda shop nail on the head there yeah. and then they they're kind of just morphed together yeah they merge into a super tank yep Re- really oddly shaped super tank yeah 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 kind of box from logan's run yeah now that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah and they're just kind of out on the streets and they're then the i don't know at this point the iron man's like i feel great yep you know apparently <laughs> Combining with another person made him feel better. And yeah, like they want to mutate the whole world now. In a metal, and then fucking rust it to shit. <laughs> yep. So we're going to turn the entire world into metal, and then rust it out and fucking <clears throat> create oblivion. You know? Yep. And that's pretty much where it ends. Then, yeah, they set out to destroy the world. Yep. <clears throat> that's where it ends. One giant hunk of metal at a time. Game over. Game, game over, yep. last words. Credits, you go through the credits, and then a little game over flash. And... Which, honestly, they could, if they took the movie from that point and made, there's two sequels to this. Yeah. But if they took it from that point and made a movie about that tank going out to destroy the world and the people trying to fight it. That'd, that'd be a badass movie. That'd be a good-ass movie. Yeah, boy. Like Mecha Godzilla. Or yeah. <laughs> Except it's like more mutating everything and destroying right. everything. Tetsuo 4, man. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk to Shinya and see what happens. Yeah, are you doing anything? Let's work on this new movie. So, this will be you. You're up. Yep. I'm up. Um, first thing I wrote down after this, what the fuck did I watch? <laughs> this is any movie I've ever seen before. Um, in talking about it, I understand it a little more. I did not get really fully get it at first. But now I understand a little more what the story was. It's, I mean, it's kind of hard to get, and it's really yeah. open to interpretation, too. Yeah, it's very open to inter- interpretation. It's very weird, very experimental. Um, but they did a great job of the stop-motion animation. Um, the costume makeup is outstanding in this for um, this being such probably like a low-budget film. Um, yeah, originally he did it as a, wrote, directed, and starred in it as a college yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a play, yeah. So um, I just give the production credits to this. You know, they did a great job. It's just a little too weird for my taste. Yeah. It's, um, I'm not saying it's terrible, but I, I really probably wouldn't recommend this. You really got to have an open mind and, and be into movies like this to, to like it, to have that body horror that sci-fi stuff but um i will say this it is better than miami vice yeah <laughs> i am giving it a five out of ten nice so, uh, yeah that's good to hear <laughs> so uh on my end um you know the story is what the fuck like like we said it's got to be interpreted that's an understatement <laughs> yeah i've watched it six times and i'm still finding out different things every now and then. <laughs> the sound the soundtrack loved it yeah, and I mean, yeah, that was an awesome soundtrack too. The music is great, and this was, you know, released in '92, and I'm not sure how far along the industrial techno music had been from there, but it was made in '89 too. So. Well, yeah, but I don't know how much of the soundtrack they used, right. but it was, I mean, pretty impressive for its time. You know, the cinematography is good. 
it's really acid trippy. I mean, yeah. If if not suggesting the application <laughs> of drugs, but if you were to do drugs, this would be a movie that you might or may not want to watch, <laughs> depending on how you know you are. Um, I really want to rate this one higher because I like it a lot. But then again, you kind of have to have a fucked up mindset yeah. to like these uh, Cronenberg, David Lynch, body horror-esque movies. Right. Um, I gave this a 6 out of a 10. I recommend at least watching it once. Yeah. If you don't like it, you know, it might not be your thing. It's only roughly an hour out of your day, too. Yeah, it's only 67 minutes long. Yeah. So. Very, very short. Yeah. Um, I am very artsy. And, yeah, 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, IMDb gives it a 7. Mm-hmm. IMDb also gave Miami Vice a 6. <laughs> so IMDb agrees with us there. This is better than Miami Vice. Um, <clears throat> Rotten Tomatoes agrees with us a little bit better. Yeah, give it a 77% fresh. 7 fresh, and give Miami Vice a 47. 43, I thought, wasn't it? 47 tomato meter, 43 audience score. Ah, audience. So, yeah. Um, if you're thinking about which one of these two movies we did today to check out, probably want to go with Tetsuo. You might have a better time. Yeah. Um, I know I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this did actually win a couple of small awards. Yeah. It won Best Film at the Fanta Festival. I'm not sure what that is. but mm-hmm. And it also won the Audience Award at the Sweden Fantastic Film Festival. I'm assuming they're both film festivals. I'm assuming so, too. You know, I, I, They might be, you know, like book conventions. but And it's, it also spawned two lackluster uh, sequels. sequels. I, I don't even think I've watched the third one all the way through. I know the second one just tries to do stuff that... Wait, really doesn't weird. make sense, yeah. But as if this one wasn't weird. I don't know how much weirder you can get after this. I get pretty weird. Yeah, I got weird films in the mix for. Yay! Yes. <laughs> the most anticlimactic yes ever. <laughs> um, yeah, you got anything else to add to this? Um. No, I think I said my piece on it. Right. I think you? I said mine too. Um, All right. We just want to let you know, if you're enjoying the show, you want to give us some ideas for future episodes, questions, comments, just want to, you know, talk shit to us, Yeah. hit us up on Facebook. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook. We're at Movies from A to B or MFAB Podcasts. We're also on Twitter at MFAB Podcasts. And we also have an email account at uh, mfabpodcast at gmail. Was it at mfabpodcast at gmail? Yeah. There's no ad in front of that. God damn it. <laughs> it's HTTP. Yep. Slash slash. <laughs> Does anybody even type that shit anymore? No, you just do you don't even. Time. Do you even type the www? No, you don't even need to. Just type in the first letter, and it usually pops up. Yep, just pops up. <laughs> but yeah, that will do it for us today. Thanks for checking us out. Um, we're glad you did. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, until next time, Ooh, I am Aaron. Give him a little heads up on what we do every 10th episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so next episode will be our 10th episode. And to commemorate that, we will be doing every 10th episode attacking a trilogy. Trilogy episode. So We'll take I, one of your favorite trilogies and yeah. rip it to shreds. <laughs> so next week we won't do not one, not two, but three interconnected movies. So... Stay tuned for that one. Um, we hope you'll enjoy it. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. But, yeah, until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. And thanks for checking us out. Next week, we fight machines in our very special trilogy episode. So until next time, that's a wrap. Cut. Cut.